0: Welcome to the Millennium Counseling Center Podcast, where hope is yours, it's time to soar. I'm your host, Oren Madison. It's time to rise above and celebrate healing, hope, and recovery with the Millennium Counseling Center team.
1: Special thanks to Kaz Source, who helps us with the production of our podcast. If anybody needs any help or looking into podcasts, please reach out to Kaz Source at kazcontent.com.
0: Hey guys, this is uh, Oren Madison and Derek Bilsema. And uh, today we want to introduce Hilary Rosenberg to the podcast. Welcome, Hilary.
2: Hi, how are you? Hey,
0: thanks for joining us. Today, you know, we wanted to welcome Hillary to the podcast because of her recent blog post on boundaries, but also just to kind of talk openly about kind of how the conversation of boundaries are with our individual clients, how we think about boundaries and, and just in general, how are those conversations going and what's helpful?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much. I'd have to say that my blog posts are really come from my clients. It's like, I noticed that there's a theme and, and it's my inspiration to write about it and really wrap my head around what's going on with people right now, especially during COVID and Um, And boundaries is like, has been a really huge topic because people are in a situation now, especially where things are highlighted and they're spending more time with people. And boundaries really is our way of protecting ourselves. And it says who we are and, and what feels good to us and what doesn't. And setting up those, those boundaries for ourselves first really helps us get clear with how to interact with other people in our lives. So um, it's been a real focus for me with my clients right now and um, getting clear on how boundaries are showing up in their life.
0: Yeah. Was there a turning point with the client where that just uh, a light bulb went off and said, I, I have to write something and I have to, you know, highlight the, uh, the importance of boundaries? Um,
2: yeah. I mean, I have to say like, uh, embarrassingly, but like probably like around social media is probably where I noticed it the most, where I was like, oh my goodness, this is this is one of those topics that I feel like people haven't really addressed yet with with what boundaries look like. And what I've seen, and it doesn't really matter about the age, is people um, blocking people and unblocking them and unfriending them and um, and being unfriended and unfollowed and the impact that has on, um, other people and what it's telling other people. So like when you show up and you set a boundary, um, recognizing like what what that really means, was it impulsive? Um, did you really want to do that? Is it a protection? Can you, you know, if you're gonna break up with someone and it's gonna be no contact, can you tell them that you're gonna do that so it doesn't just show up and they're, you know, shocked by it? Um, I think that's been a really huge thing. I've seen a lot of breakups where people just uh, unfollow them on everything and it's really painful for the person who happens to.
0: In your mind, how did that start to play out in terms of like how you want to support those clients and, and then how do you want to take that into a kind of a broader message for people that are going through similar things?
2: Yeah, so I think that the best way to sort of look at that is I incorporate it into like the way I look at boundaries in general, that um, it really, it requires like, I think that boundaries really show up in someone's attachment style. And if they have like uh, an insecure, anxious attachment, so really like if they grew up in a family where their needs were more often than not, not met. Um, they typically have an anxious attachment where their fear is, um, is being abandoned. So they do everything in their power not to have that happen, which also means that they can you know, bend themselves in ways that actually don't match um, how they feel inside just out of the fear of abandonment. And that shows up in places um, in their life and in social media. So what will happen is that because they have that attachment style and because they're so fearful of, you know, being abandoned, they won't set up those boundaries with social media and they'll go and they will um, spend time like, I guess the word is stalking, you know, exes and, and being really preoccupied with practices that really, you know, make them miserable and um, add to their discomfort, and um, and that's like one of those internal boundaries that um, that you set with yourself. Like it's an emotional boundary that you're like, I'm gonna not look at someone's social media, and that's something I have to say I do with a lot of people. It's like you don't have to unfollow them, but maybe you just <laughs> don't do it. Like grieve to not do it because every time you do it, it sends you into. Um, a state of being really anxious and uncomfortable and really hurt. Um, and on the flip side of that, you have the person who is avoidant, um, who grew up really realizing um, as a child that their needs were never going to get met. So they they go about life really setting themselves up in a container where they don't trust people and they won't let people in. And uh, a, a fear of intimacy and they are more likely to um, have set up some really great deactivating techniques which in social media really shows up as um, just blocking people and or not even allowing them into their space um, at all so that they can protect themselves from ever getting really close to people um, and with them I have to say Um, We work on, you know, taking those small steps to kind of break down some of those relational walls so that um, they get comfortable with getting a little bit closer to people, even if it's on a social media platform.
0: The two things that I heard you say, Hillary, that stood out for me was that both of those examples that you talked about, um, you know, had to do with kind of the needs of a child not being met can Mm -hmm. lead to difficult relationships Uh, in their adult life. And so, you know, it sounds like, you know, that a a big part of this is is really understanding um, and and kind of realizing that the kind of childhood that maybe we went through and how that can, you know, impact us later in life with our emotions um, and how we relate to other people.
2: Absolutely. I I think that's 100% correct. Um, Because once you have that awareness that this is your trigger, and this is what's activating you. Um, It's easier to recognize and realize when you get into a state of wanting to push people away, or if you're fearful of them, going away. And that is information um, (laughs) to do nothing when you're in a state of being triggered. And I really work with people on getting grounded and getting like that that really stems from an old pattern. And the way to sort of move those patterns into a more secure way of, of doing things is to work on getting grounded before you make any decisions on how you're going to show up um, in relationships. And that's a bit of a process, but it's, it's definitely one that requires, you know, practicing because it, it gets easier over time.
0: Yeah. The other thing that I hear, Hillary, is the um, uh, the the, uh, the feelings that get you know, kind of dysregulated or the feelings that kind of um, generate the, the, um, the, the, the action of blocking somebody or, or kind of over consuming social media. And so I guess another part of what I'm hearing you talk about is, you know, a really good indicator for the importance of, of boundaries is to really kind of uh, recognize how, how a person reacts to their own feelings.
2: Definitely. Um, I think that having the awareness um, for yourself first really helps you have that understanding. But if you're in a relationship with someone um, and and you know what their triggers are and, and boundaries are, then it's also like being mindful for the person that you're with. If you're in like a marriage or a long-term relationship that you really um, take into account that what their triggers are so that you can work with them. I mean, if it means that you need a five minute um, timeout because someone's really activated from an old pattern, then, you know, helping your partner work through that is, is part of the process.
0: Yeah. And, and I, you know, just hearing you talk about this stuff, I mean, it's, I would imagine you talk to anybody just even off the street, not even in counseling, you know, that how aware people may not be to the way they respond to their feelings and the way they respond to other people and not really kind of fully understanding that, that it's, it's related to something having to do with them rather than somebody else. And that's, you know, I think that can definitely be one of the traps that I see with my clients is people can come in and say, you know, I have a problem with what this person, this person, and that person is doing and how they're making me feel yet. You know, if, if we're not careful, we can spend the whole session in what other people are doing wrong, rather than what a client can do to navigate their own emotions and learn how to recognize their old patterns of placing their blame on others for their own struggle.
2: Oh, I mean, absolutely. I think one of the things I see the most with my clients that are more on the preoccupied anxious um, attachment style is if I ask them a question about their relationship, they often answer from their partner's perspective. And it will happen repeatedly because they're so in the minds of their partner, um, they don't even realize it because that is a system that worked as a child to be in the mind of a parent who may or may not meet your needs. So It's, it's out of fear of being left. And how do I make sure that doesn't happen? And the danger in that is that that becomes such the, like the main focus that the person really loses a sense of who they are and when their boundaries are being violated or it doesn't really work for them. I mean, it's almost like uh, this light bulb goes off when it's like, well, you know, tell me what you think. And then, well, they'll, again, probably tell me what their partner thinks, but then (laughs) like getting to like what they think is this like realization of, wait a second, I hadn't even even thought about what I thought, you know, think about this and mentally shifting someone to, to put the focus on themselves um, whether they're showing up in dating or relationships or even in work relationships that like, um, first and and then being able to, because if you can't do yourself first, it's really difficult to to have relationships with other people that are authentic because you're not really showing up as yourself. Um, so if you frame it in that way, it's like, you know, you're not really doing anybody any favors by thinking from their perspective constantly.
0: <laughs> well, and you know, we're we're spending so much time talking about self. And I think that's one of the the greatest kind of misunderstandings of boundaries and you know, what I'm hearing from you, Hillary, is that boundaries are not what you want other people to do, but almost what you have to do for yourself.
2: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I think that, um, you know, one of the things that, like, for example, like a physical boundary is one of those things that um, (laughs) like I'm pretty sure at this point, everybody's been in this situation where, you are either comfortable hugging someone or you're not comfortable hugging someone during um, COVID. Most people actually fall under the knot, but occasionally we'll have that person that will come up to you and want to hug you. Um, Somebody with an anxious attachment style is more than likely not going to say anything, even though it completely goes against how they feel. Um, And somebody with more of an avoidant would be more likely to put up their hand or say, you know, that's not okay with me. And that's really the shift of, of learning how to, to show up for yourself, um, even when other people, you know, are, are challenging it
1: one of the main things that, that I'm hearing and makes me think of is, is that many times one of the issues is, is that we're, we're, co- we're putting our concentration on trying to control the things that we have no control over. And so kind of understanding the concept of, uh, you know, tr- working to control the controllables versus the things that we can't control. And, and, you know, obviously the first thing that you have control over is yourself. And the thing you have the least control over is somebody else. And so anytime there's, you know, kind of uncomfortable feelings, and, uh, you know, or, or conflict or any of those things with other people, I encourage people to, you know, start with themselves, look at yourself first. And then beyond that, then you can kind of look to the outside factors. But ultimately, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest issues that I see with people who are struggling is they spend a lot of time uh, concentrating and trying to control the things that we really have very little control over, uh, which includes other people and also includes how you feel. I think that you know we spend a lot of time trying to control how we feel, when ultimately we have you know kind of uh, much more control over our actions and even our targeted thoughts. We have control over those things, and I think that you know so I think that's where people get frustrated when they feel like they're not moving forward, is because they're spending. So much time you know kind of on these areas that ultimately they they really don't have they maybe have some small influence over but they really have no control over it and then those things don't change and then they get frustrated and i think uh one way for people to Feel a little better about the progress they're making and kind of the direction they're going in is to really, you know, start start internally and look at the things they can do that would help the any of these situations. You know, to to Hillary's point, uh, you know, it, hugging during COVID. If if somebody, you know, walks up to you and they and they want to hug you that doesn't mean you have to hug them, right? And so if you walk away from that, and you're angry with the other person for wanting to hug you, then you're kind of missing the point. Because at the end of the day, we always have the ability, even if it's difficult, or it makes us feel uncomfortable, we have the ability to change what we do. And uh, just like many interactions, you know, kind of hugging somebody takes two people. And uh, so I think kind of turning the the concentration on oneself and making sure that we are, you know, kind of putting in the effort to look at that closely and, and be honest with ourselves and, uh, you know, try to, try, try to have some effect over our own actions and thoughts is a way that we can kind of see a little bit more, uh, kind of, we get more of a positive feedback for ourselves that, that things are actually changing.
0: Yeah. And the way that I described that to my clients is kind of the difference between requests and boundaries. And, you know, a lot of people think that boundaries about, are about kind of getting other people to do things. Uh, and ultimately, that falls under the, the category for me of a request. So, you know, stop, you know, being so angry at me, or, you know, don't hug me, I'm uncomfortable, or, uh, you know, whatever else can kind of happen with in, in relationships. Um, but, you know, that that's, that's a request, that person is, you know, Entitled to do whatever they they would like to do with with their own life. A, a boundary is how you want to let that into your life, um, and and so kind of helping people realize the difference. And and sometimes when we're in close relationships with people, like we we can ask for requests. We can you know have preferences of the way that we would like to be treated in certain areas, um, but ultimately that's that's just a that's a preference, um, and you know some people may do that for a little bit, and some people may do that, you know, for a long period of time in terms of changing, but, but ultimately, that's that's not a boundary. You know, a boundary is, is, is how you take care of yourself um, in the environments that you're in.
1: And I, I think that goes to a, a thing that I use a lot with people is, is that making sure that you have agreements versus expectations. And I think that many times what will happen is, and, and like I use the example of if if uh, Orrin and I are going to meet somewhere at 10 o'clock and and I believe that 10 o'clock means showing up five minutes early and Oren believes it means showing up five minutes late, then we're both going to have different expectations of what that really means. And so I think that if you can kind of be clear in your communication and make sure that there's an agreement as to what that really means, then I think that can, that can get rid of the, you know, some of the angry feelings or resentment that comes on. There's a great saying that is, uh, is uh, you know, expectations are resentments waiting to happen. And I think that's true. And so if we can, if we can shift some of the expectations that we have of people and they have of us to agreements instead, then you can kind of avoid some of these uncomfortable interactions or conflict or things like that by just, you know, kind of communicating a little bit more with the person and making sure that you guys are both on the same page as far as what things really mean. And that can be a really important thing in, in getting along with people and also making sure there's no conflict.
2: Yeah, I absolutely um, would like piggyback on that because it, one of the things with expectations is you're also you're you're teaching people how to treat you. Um, I have a couple of clients in the last week who have gotten in situations where um, early, early in a relationship, people asked them for money and um, and they agreed to it and and months later were really resentful for it and, but they agreed to it. And I think that going back and looking at those things, um, like, like you said, um, or in like there's, there was a request and they said, yes, more so out of fear of losing the person than they were out of what was best for them and what they felt good for. So like, in both respects, it's like, they didn't do themselves any favors because it kind of catches up. If you end up being resentful that you like let someone cross one of your boundaries, um, it it often doesn't play out very well. So like when something doesn't feel well, like getting really clear on like why it doesn't feel well and being able to um, allow whatever outcome is going to happen as opposed to trying to control it uh, really um, helps and just sitting with maybe whatever discomfort might come up because that's, that's the hardest part is that, you know, when you set your boundaries, you also have to be okay with the outcome and, you know, letting go of that not everybody's going to agree with your boundaries.
1: Hillary, why do you think people, why, why do you think it's so hard for people to, to set boundaries. You know, when you talk to people about setting boundaries and things like people often kind of grimace at that thought or, you know, feel like that might be really difficult in your experience. Why, why do you think that's so difficult for people? What gets in the way of them being able to just, you know, kind of ask for what they want or, or you know, kind of have an agreement on what they need uh, versus, you know, kind of that psychological block that says I can't do that?
2: I mean, I think the greatest thing I see is, especially with anxious people, is the deep-seated fear of being abandoned or rejected. um, That if they do actually ask for what they need, that the person will leave them. And it's so deep-seated that that it's really difficult to go there. Even if it's like unbelievably obvious and rational, and they get it intellectually, um it's a really really disc like there's just so much discomfort in doing that because that's not something um that they're used to doing i mean they're used to really bending over backwards for people and having other people's needs uh be more important than their own needs and it hasn't served them and they end up being really unhappy and it's painful, and to go through that process where you you make those really small changes um, is it, it's all really from like stems from so much like a, you know attachment wounds. It also can stem from being in an abusive relationship for a very long time, getting used to um, a, a pattern that that becomes your internal system that you've allowed to happen, even though you're not really okay with it. So getting super clear on your values and what's what's not working and then really being able to like work through the discomfort. And it's not always super easy. I mean, I think that, you know, there's people that I work with that it's like, they'll just say like, I couldn't do it. And it's like, sorry, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get there. And eventually when the shift happens, it's like, the benefit on the other side is so much confidence and self-respect and self-worth that is given back. Um, And once they start to sort of recognize that that is the the other side of really showing up for yourself with boundaries, um, it gets to be a little bit easier and easier to do.
1: Yeah, I think also the, you know, the rules that you set in the beginning of a relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship or a friendship, um, but many times kind of the expectations and the rules for that relationship are set really early on. And so things that you may in the short run be willing to accept because you're just getting to know somebody or you're just getting closer to them sometimes can lead to kind of longer term Uh, for lack of a better term, rules in that relationship. And, you know, I see that a lot of times with people romantically where uh, they'll start to date somebody and the person won't be doing or doing things the way they would like or acting the way they would like and they don't say anything because you know probably under your terms because they're afraid of somebody rejecting them or 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 being left but what that does is that creates those expectations for long term and then ultimately uh the person's upset because somebody's treating them in a way that they they didn't want but to the, the the person who was doing the treating they're kind of confused by it as well because it's how things have always been. And so I think that, you know, even starting at the beginning of relationships or it doesn't matter where you are in the process, but really making clear what you do and do want, do not want from somebody is important for kind of both of your, your happiness and satisfaction in whatever type of relationship
2: that is. Absolutely. I um, you know, I think we focus so much on like the, the anxious type, personality or uh, attachment style. And I think, you know, I'd like to mention also the, the other side of that, which is the avoidant, which is a good number of people that have that attachment style and, and boundaries show up with them in such a way that they're so, they're boundary full. They have so many boundaries that they don't let people in. And, um, and that is like the opposite. Like the, working with them is more to recognize how they're doing that in their lives, how they're setting up so many controls and barriers for people to get close to them and um, and breaking some of those down that really aren't serving them now. Because the, the reality is that a lot of those people really crave connection and they crave intimacy. And yet they've also... Um, like enabled some really sophisticated ways to keep people away. And in doing that, like, it's like they, anytime somebody tries to get close to them, they will immediately set up all these barriers. And I see it in relationships a lot. And it's like, you have one person who's, um, you know, fearful of the person leaving the other person who's like shutting them out. And it's like this dynamic that ends up being really toxic. And, um, and how to work with both people, like the person who you know is also avoidant. Like how how to maybe break down some of those boundaries that don't need to be there that are keeping people at bay.
0: What's really kind of coming up for me is that you know we all can benefit from kind of examining our own reactions, our own feelings, um, and ultimately like like why we get upset or fearful about certain circumstances in relationships and how then we could kind of bring it back to, you know, what, what's kind of emotionally coming up for us and and what are ways that boundaries can help us kind of be a little bit more emotionally regulated in, in those relationships.
2: Yeah, I would agree. This, like, conversation could definitely go on forever. Um, and I, I do think, like, I, I just want to reiterate that it's, it's really has a lot to do with, <clears throat> in a way, of getting curious because um, it can be kind of exciting to realize what, like, who you are and how, what's okay with you and what's not okay with you if you're not used to doing that. So mm. getting really curious about how you feel about something um, tells you who you are and, um, and how you want to show up in the world.
1: Well, thank you, Hillary. We appreciate your insight and input. I think your uh, understanding and uh, kind of analysis of all of this is really helpful and, and I think will be helpful for a lot of people. And we appreciate all the hard work you do and the, the great work you do with the folks you work with. And thanks for being on here.
2: Yep. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and if you're interested
0: in reading more about um, boundaries from Hillary, uh, you can check that out on our blog uh, through our website at millenniumhope.com. Um, or you can uh, find us on our social media pages, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and Instagram at Millennium Hope. And uh, hope to see you guys soon. Thanks, Hillary. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Millennium Counseling Center podcast. Where hope is yours, it's time to soar. Continue along your journey of healing, hope, and recovery with us next week. If you want to learn more about mental health, recovery, or if you just need someone to talk to, send us a message on Instagram or fill out the contact form on our website at millenniumhope.com. We are here to talk.